It's August 16th, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Kotnor. Our top stories today. New reports of fire and explosions are trickling out of Crimea. Earlier this morning, Crimea Inform reported that a fire broke out at a transformer substation in the town of Dejankoy, and that some ammunition detonated at a depot in the village of Maisk. The Russian Defense Ministry claimed that the ammunition detonated due to a fire that broke out at one of the military bases in Maisk. Sergei Akshinov, a Russian-installed proxy in the occupied Crimea, said two people were injured and that the detonation of ammunition continues. Russia's proxies also reported that the railway was damaged as a result of explosions. Last week, a large explosion rocked a Russian airbase in Crimea. Now we have these incidents. These attacks may signal that Ukraine wants to recapture Crimea, which would be a slight expansion of its goals. There was some consensus early in the war that Ukraine was fighting to reclaim all of its territory from before the invasion. However, many in Ukraine see the war as actually starting in 2014 when Russia annexed Crimea. So while liberating Crimea is understandable, Russia has promised to treat attacks on Crimea as a red line. We'll have to wait and see at this point if Russia actually has the capacity to make good on that promise, because I don't think these attacks on Crimea will stop. Deputy President William Ruto has been declared the winner of Kenya's presidential election amid dramatic scenes. He narrowly beat his rival, Rayla Odinga, taking 50.5% of the vote according to the official results. The announcement was delayed amid scuffles and allegations of vote rigging by Mr. Odinga's campaign. Four of the seven members of the Electoral Commission refused to endorse the result, saying it was opaque. Mr. Odinga is likely to contest the results, but thankfully for Kenyans, the frustrations around the process and outcome have not spilled over into violence, as it did in 2007. The United States, South Korea, and Japan participated in a ballistic missile defense exercise off Hawaii's coast last week, the Pentagon said on Tuesday, reviving combined drills with an eye on North Korea as well as China. It was the first time the three countries have held such drills since 2017, after relations between Seoul and Tokyo hit their lowest point in years amid renewed historical disputes dating to Japan's occupation of the Korean Peninsula in the early 20th century. South Korea's Ministry of Defense also confirmed yesterday that its troops would resume long-suspended live field training during their joint military drills with the United States to be held from August 22nd to September 1st. The two sides have scaled back combined military drills in recent years due to COVID-19 and efforts to lower tensions with the North, which has accused the exercises of being a rehearsal for invasion. 
Elsewhere, a shortage of parts fueled by wide-ranging sanctions has Moscow looking at how to recycle its existing fleet to keep airplanes flying, reported Izvestia Monday. The national newspaper writes that the Russian Transport Ministry is looking at rules to regulate how carriers use parts from existing planes to replace worn or broken equipment. The United States and Europe imposed sanctions on Russia after the invasion of Ukraine cut off a major source of parts and technical assistance for the Russian aviation sector. Currently, national regulation doesn't set out how airlines make use of existing parts to repair their fleets. According to the Russian newspaper, the industry approached the government to ask for rules codifying the practice. The French military yesterday confirmed that its last soldier with a Barkhane anti-terror mission in Mali had left the West African country. Paris had announced it would withdraw its forces from Mali around six months ago after heightened tensions with Bamako's military leaders, as well as recent protests against the mission. The Barkhane mission started after France deployed soldiers to the region in 2013 in a bid to stop jihadists carving out a foothold there. But the troops' presence seemed to fail to put a stop to a wave of deadly terror attacks as Paris struggled to get more Western allies to contribute to the force. Mali is struggling to stem an Islamist insurgency that took root after a 2012 uprising. Terrorist attacks have spread to neighboring countries, killing thousands and displacing millions across West Africa's Sahel region. A Chinese research ship has docked at a Sri Lankan port after a days-long delay, reportedly because of concerns raised by India and the United States. The Reuters news agency, citing a government source, said India objected to the ship's visit with Indian media describing the 730-foot vessel as a dual-use spy ship. The Pentagon, in its latest report on China's military, had said the Wanyang vessels are operated by the Strategic Support Force of the People's Liberation Army. It said the ships can be used to monitor satellite, rocket, and ballistic missile launches. The ship would be allowed to stay in Sri Lanka until August 22nd on the condition it would keep its identification systems on and would not carry out any research activities in the country's waters. A Nicaraguan Catholic priest from a northern parish was detained after celebrating Mass, the church said, amid rising tensions between the church and the government of President Daniel Ortega. The diocese, which sits around 185 miles northeast of Managua, said in a statement on Sunday evening that priest Oscar Benavidez had been detained. The government has shut down Catholic radio stations and banned religious processions. Nicaragua's Catholic Church has previously acted as a mediator between the government and opponents, but relations have deteriorated since a violent crackdown against anti-Ortega protests in 2018 with tensions growing further in recent months. In lighter news, a red panda that spent two days on the lam after escaping from an Australian zoo was recaptured Sunday after he was spotted hanging out in a fig tree in a nearby park. 
The seven-year-old panda had arrived at Adelaide Zoo last week after he was brought in from another zoo with hopes that he would pair with the female red panda named Mishri. But by Friday, Ravi was gone. Adelaide Zoo director Phil Ainsley told the Australian Broadcasting Corporation that zookeeper spent Sunday trying to entice Ravi down from the fig tree with some of his favorite foods to no avail. In the end, they fired a tranquilizer dart. Ravi is said to be doing well. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, I spoke with Tiseke Kasambala, Director of Africa Programs at Freedom House, about the recently released U.S. strategy towards sub-Saharan Africa. Go to the DSRnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into Deep State Radio today to hear David Rothkopf talk with Rosa Brooks, Ed Luce, and Joe Serencion about the latest foreign policy and national security news. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief. <laughs>